crossing the road, going onto the opposite side of traffic now. Oh boy, this yeah. is trying to get, get out of the way. This this is a problem. So this is what we saw earlier. They were just sort of letting this driver have it, go at go at it. But this is where they're probably look at this Whoa, here. Hit another car. Yeah, they're going to have to bring this to a stop <sighs> a lot sooner. As you look at this driver, wow, get more hitting aggressive. another car. Three more cars. Four cars. Five cars. Oh, wow. Doing another maneuver to go back on to 29. Catching strays over here. <laughs> You're in for a hell of a show. Keep the faith. Hold the line and own the libs. It's time for our main event. Well, welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. That clip that you saw on the top uh, evidently was a uh, an illegal that stole some kind of a tow truck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Helpfully narrated by a local news crew. Where was that? Maryland. Mm. Oh, so mm. it was not far from the DMZ there. I mean, it's it's incredible. <laughs> like you're seeing that pe many people could have been killed very easily. For the folks who aren't on YouTube, get on YouTube. In that video, you see this this tow truck hit. I don't know how many cars. Four or five. Well, of she them. counted each one of them out for you. Yeah, going against tra traffic on the wrong side of the road. And it's just another day. It's just <laughs> oh, you just got put up with it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, usually you don't see maneuvers like that unless you're playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I mean... I was actually sort of impressed the way that he weaved a tow truck through all that traffic. Maybe it was Juan Pablo Montoya. <laughs> and, and honestly, if, if I had to guess, that person, you know, when the race or when the when the police chase is finally over, they're given a hotel room, a stipend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a helpful healthcare. transition now that you've done that because we're going to take the top of the show and talk to you a little bit about, you know how Wolf likes to get right into the meat of the program. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He likes to make sure that our audience is here to really get ginned up before we start having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So this is transitioning our fun into an incredible batch of stories that you've probably seen across this country about just the allocation of taxpayer resources that is going to have to be committed by Americans in order to deal with uh, the tow truck guy and, you know, roughly three and a half million of his closest friends who've poured in over the last calendar year. With no signs of abatement, by the way. This is not getting better. None of it's getting better. <laughs> uh, there was a story in the New York Post that we'll start with um, that it ha the migrant crisis has U.S. taxpayers on the hook for $451 billion, a House GOP report says. So this is a report that they, you know, I mean, they do math in mm -hmm. Congress. Mm -hmm. Typically not well, but they do it. Well, and, adding adding is not the most difficult math. No, it's usually, it's, they could probably handle that. But they've taken the expenses and extrapolated out to what it will cost, and it was $451 billion dollars. Uh, which, just a reminder, we could have built the wall for significantly less than that. Uh, but Wolf helpfully points out, and this is an incredible comparison that you should all think about, the entire U.S. Army budget, $177 billion. That's just outrageous. Mm. So more than twice as much. It's like three the times. The U.S. Army budget is being spent yeah. on illegal I mean, it's this, unreal. This is like half what we spend on Medicare in a year. I mean, it's for, for like every senior in America. <laughs> I, it's incredible when you look at these statistics just for what they are. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think logically, you know, that this is going to cost an awful lot for all the services that people require. I mean, look at all these cities. That's why they're freaking out. 
But when you look at it in comparison to your U.S. Army budget, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Nothing. That's the problem. That's the problem. So compiled from federal and state records, media reports, and other public information, a 50-page document that they put out, according to the New York Post, outlines taxpayer costs incurred in medical care, housing, education, and other welfare benefits for tens of millions of migrants, to say nothing of the additional costs for law enforcement. Well, they're having a little bit of that in Maryland, it looks like, with the tow truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see this every day, mm-hmm. and and that's not included in the four hundred and fifty billion that we're talking about. The bill for government care and housing, um, as I said, could cost four hundred and fifty-one billion dollars, uh, and that's not even including. I mean, they've got a bunch of. It's easily over a half a trill it, that we're it, talking about here. It, it's insanity. Ruthless is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're all looking for ways to improve our lives in this chaotic world. And look, I get it. Nobody has the time, whether it's stress at home, at school, at work. Sometimes it makes sense to talk to someone about it, set goals, make plans. If that sounds like you, maybe give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp offers entirely online therapy designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your busy schedule. You simply fill out a brief questionnaire and you're matched to a licensed therapist. Once you're matched with a therapist, they will reach out and ask you a few questions to get to know you better. You can book a live session right in app. From there, you can talk to your therapist live by chat, phone, or video call. It's that easy. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com Ruthless to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash ruthless. And I also want to bring up, there's been this talker, uh, I'd say over the past week that's been going around that um, absolutely you knew it's coming from the libertarians where they're like, well, you know, you have to consider the positive benefit of illegal immigrants because there's more commerce that happens in the country. Like only libertarians could be like, well, you know, selling fentanyl and child trafficking are actually commerce, you yeah. know? Like, but actually it's not surprising that libertarians come up with yeah, that, fent- you know? Fentanyl sales go up and that increases our GDP. Yeah. Like, and that's the only number that matters. The only real uh, crisis in libertarian cycle circles is whether you get access to their internet history, as we well know. Yeah, yeah talked right, about. Right. So, I mean, seeing this number, half a trillion dollars as... The cost. And e- I mean, even that, like they said, it's just the basics. They're basically just totaling up, you know, like housing and welfare. This, I mean, the cost has been so mm-hmm. tremendous to having an open border beyond that. Mm-hmm. When you bring up fentanyl, mm-hmm. the number of Americans who die, it's a, it's a national crisis right now of Americans being killed by this drug that China's flooding into the country. And, and, and it's been – this president's completely been okay with it. It's, it is an easily preventable problem. Just do not have an open border. Yeah. Don't let, don't let people come in. Tell them that if you come to the border, you'll be turned away. If you're paying to buy a boat ticket from uh, China to walk through the Darien Gap, you're going to walk and you're going to be turned around and sent back. And then people won't buy the boat tickets. And then the NGOs won't be sending people to America to sap all of our resources and take from the regular people who are here paying taxes of all stripes. Well, you know, you know what's funny about this, and I, this goes into a whole bunch of different arguments. But you remember that argument a few years ago when they were doing the census 
where Democrats were mm-hmm. all up in arms because illegals uh, they thought should be counted. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. They thought should be they, the number of illegal immigrants in certain locations around this country should be counted because it would add to the congressional representation. That's what they wanted. That's right. what they wanted of the state, and therefore also the dollars allocated, federal dollars allocated to the states. I mean, that's the exact opposite of what you'd want. To have it's happen, unbelievable, right? Right. Exact opposite. But you know, they still that, that debate rages on. By the way, and you're a racist if you think that only Americans should be counted in American census. And then let alone, you know, beyond just being counted in the census, New York City has tried to allow them to vote in elections. It's unreal. And and, and and on the last show, we talked about the woman who is not an American citizen who is now a sworn-in member of the election commission in San Francisco. From China. She's a Chinese citizen. Come on. I'm not kidding (laughs) you. Can you believe this? It's it's real. It's really happening. Uh, Well, that's not the only story. Uh, this one, according to FoxNews.com, Dem states, cities overrun by migrants funneled millions in federal COVID-19 aid to support illegals. Mm. That was not in the bill, fellas. Yeah. They did, not, they did not specify for that. But according to Fox News, Democrat-run states and cities around the country have been inundated with illegal immigrants in recent months, previously earmarked tens of millions of dollars in COVID-19 financial assistance programs to support undocumented residents. According to a Fox News digital review of state and local programs, Democrat governors and mayors earmarked at least $517 million for the programs, which generally consisted of providing cash payments to individual illegal immigrants. Mm -hmm. The funding reviewed by Fox News Digital was drawn from the American Rescue Plan uh, and the $1.9 trillion federal COVID-19 stimulus package that President Biden signed into law in March 2021. Mm -hmm. American Rescue Plan. Now it's like the Guatemala Rescue Plan. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, 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 and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know who is paying for that. It's not only your tax dollars, but every time you buy eggs, every time you buy milk, every time you go to the grocery store and pay these out exorbitantly high prices, you can thank the difference in what you paid five years ago to what you're paying now to this exact That's kind it. of spending. I mean, this is this is incredible. This is, this, isn't, this is what causes inflation. So this recent report said the Biden administration then consequently directly subsidized undocumented immigration under the guise of COVID-19 pandemic relief. Um, that was according to the Economic Policy and Innovation Center. Uh, and they pointed to federal ARP, I guess is the acronym for the rescue plan, uh, how those funds were diverted. Uh, Washington, this is Washington State, government crafted the largest such program, allocating $340 million <laughs> In relief funding for the so-called COVID-19 Immigrant Relief Fund. Oh, yeah. Oh. See, you remember, for those OGs who listened back in the days when we were doing the plug-in mic thing. Oh, I know exactly what you're about to say. We talked endlessly about why it made absolutely no sense to do these state and local slush funds. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because all it meant was taking federal tax dollars and just shoving them into Democratic cities with no accountability whatsoever. And they could do all kinds of things with it, right? We thought at the time, well, you'll pay your allies, your political allies, the teachers unions, the- State and local, you know, employee uh, pension funds. Right, that we were like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what they're gonna do. And they did, Mm -hmm. and they did. Uh, They went a step further. Now they're sending, and this is what Washington State did, one-time cash grants 
Cash grants. I love cash grants. It's a they just gave him cash. Like it's a local art installment they're going to be building in the park. <laughs> yeah. It's just a grant for this wonderful work. They they just gave each each person a thousand bucks. And it's important to remember. I mean, the context. Whenever you get all this like fuzzy language, like migrants and and, and cash grants. These are people getting tax dollars for breaking the law. These yeah. are criminals. Yeah. These are people who broke the law, entered the country illegally, and they're being given, here's some money for it. When was the what last... message is that sending to others? Come to America, you'll get cash, straight up. I, cash. I, I think I'd like to know, anybody listening to this program, when was the last time you received a cash grant from the government? Yeah, they seem to only take <laughs> just, mine. It just fell out of the Never, sky for I've you. Never... <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't really had that happen. I seem to remember there was a time in which the media had this full court press against Republicans in 2020 during COVID that, um, you know, Senate Republicans, Mitch McConnell, well, he wants cities and states to go bankrupt. They're yeah. going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Like, they're not going to have the money, and they're all going to have to declare bankruptcy unless we pass, you know, multiple slush funds for state and local governments. And the whole media, like, in a unified chorus was saying how, you know, evil this was that Republicans yeah. wanted to stop these slush funds from happening. And lo and behold, now they have enough money for cash grants to illegal aliens. We Hundreds went, of millions. We went evidently. from we went from remain in Mexico <laughs> to we'll give you a check if you can get to New York. In fairness, they all raised their hand when they were asked whether they were interested in doing that on the debate yeah. stage. Every Democrat anybody on that surprised? debate stage said that they would they'd be for handing whatever they want to yep. illegal immigrants. And and now we're seeing the result of that. Take them at their word. They're going to do everything. Anytime we bring something up, like, you know, they're thinking about doing this, whether it was the gas stoves thing, which they're definitely doing, mm -hmm. uh, or like the alcohol thing, which they're definitely doing, or uh, we brought up a bunch of different things that are like not top of news. They're going to happen. Right. Like they're telling, this is a perfect example. It's like what Smug says is conspiracy theories are just spoiler alerts at this point. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and, and this is ties into it. The New York Post had another story. It says... New York City, quote, migrant, illegal, families could make up to 15000 per year under a controversial uh, prepaid credit card program. So they're just going to hand them uh, like a, a debit card. Fifteen like, k per year? 15200 a year under uh, a controversial new program to dole out prepaid credit cards to asylum seekers. So this is just essentially saying all you have to do is enter the country illegally and get $15,000. Like, when this president, when Democrats say that, oh, the border's in chaos, we, we want to have uh, a strong border. We're trying to have, a, you know, a, a good border. It's an absolute lie because all they're doing is incentivizing, breaking the law, coming to America illegally, and then you'll be lavished with, with, with cash. Wait, wait, listen to this. It's, it's Details are, like, far down the road on this. This, is, this one's not, like— no, this is not Boy, just they a could be talked out of it. Yeah. No, it's it's listen to that. details of the immediate response card initiative have been scant ever since the post reported earlier this month that the city had inked a multi-million dollar contract with New Jersey banking company Mobility Capital Finance to dish out the taxpayer funds to asylum seekers to help them buy food. And, and or anything else. It's, it's, like that's my favorite. To help them buy food. Oh, it's to buy food. No, oh, it's just to buy. It's just the essentials, guys. It's like toothpaste and things like that. Yeah, no, that's. I'm sure that's right? all. That's, being that's spent what's happening. On. I've seen that firsthand. It's just a bunch of people hanging out trying to get the essentials at CVS. And I mean, also, like the cottage <laughs> industry that New York City has created by paying for all this stuff. Like, 
hotels, especially in Midtown, are now just every night there's no vacancy. Every room is 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 full mm-hmm. because the city's paying for them and they're full of illegal aliens. And it's not just New York. There was a story this week out of Boston about a 12-year-old kid who was on his way to baseball practice. He showed up at the community center and what he found was a building full of migrants who had taken over at the direction of the city and he didn't get to no, no base, to the ball team. Yeah, no baseball practice for this kid. And so I mean like so you have the he hotels can't, can't even play. The hotels in New York City that are that are part of these programs, they're they're fine because they know that every room is going to be booked, the city's going to pay for it. So they're happy with that. And now you have this company Mobility Capital Finance in New Jersey. Oh, they're happy to get this government contract. Oh, I'm they're sure getting a they're piece getting of the action. Couple points on the dollar exactly. on that deal. No big deal. City officials gave the post a breakdown chart of exactly how much asylum seeker families stand to receive under the program. Uh, and and there, th- this is in addition to what we're talking about. There's a, also a housing pilot program mm-hmm. that they're working on. Mm. Also, also managed by some company out of New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, they have <laughs> nothing this- to see there. <laughs> to just passing over some concrete and <laughs> spaghetti. Spaghetti. Are you guys in the? Are you guys in the uh, in the finance business, <laughs> or is it just waste management? <laughs> Yeah, well, whatever it is, they get you got to get while well, the getting's good. Yeah, and it seems like the New Jersey bankers have figured that out. Leather jackets aren't going to pay for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well, anyway, if you're not outraged enough, we've got more for you. Uh, we've got King of the Hill today, which we will play as we do on Thursdays. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nikki Haley's strategy moving forward. A lot of questions this week about what's going on there as a seemingly wrapped up Republican nomination enters the South Carolina primary and then beyond to Super Tuesday. And a lot coming out of both camps and strong views, strongly held views about what's happening there. So we'll go through all that. We got some animal news that we'll cover because we always do that. Uh, Before we do all of that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you with King of the Hill. All right, fellas. Uh, I, I believe I was defeated, mm-hmm. and I—I I, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a close one. It's controversial. Uh, people cried out for injustice. I don't but, think so at all. Well, I'm—I'm I'm more into the continuity of the game. I want to make sure the integrity of the game is preserved. It's important. So I, I, you know, there's a lot that I would like to say. I don't want to undermine the integrity of the particular court that was presiding. So, I'll accept my position, uh, and I now reside as bailiff. And we have a, a new uh, champion and a new defender. And I'm I'm going to be the judge this week. So, oh, so who, it's going to be it's it'll it's be going to be great. Fair. It's yeah. going to be great. Very fair. Yeah. Who, who is the defending champion? Cherry Jacobus. Ash Spring and Jacobus, and you, Mr. Duncan. Got to uh, you know fire with fire. Uh, Jen Rubin. Oh, <laughs> she's come off the bench <clears throat> the first time in a while. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, let's see what we got. Let's go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill. In the blue corner, returning from the Washington Post, Jennifer Brainworms Rubin. And now, in the red corner and current champion of the world, Kami Cherry Jacobus. 
I mean, this is a hell of a matchup. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it doesn't get, you know, it's, you get those early season in-conference matchups where it's like a real... Yeah, I mean, this is a clash of the Titans. And like you said, it's been a while since we've heard Ruben. I mean, I, I want to get right to it. Uh, let's hear from uh, our reigning champion, Sherry. Okay, for the first tweet from Sherry, um, and I just need to look, Nick, yes, okay. The first tweet is a photo, uh, fellas. What's the, it, what, what's the number? Can we get it on the screen? I'm sorry, exhibit? exhibit number three, and it's a photo that will um, really catch your attention. So uh, for our listening audience, I'll have to describe it for you. It appears that Cherry Jacobus has done a little bit of Photoshop work uh, to combine two figures, um, and I'll let you guess who those two <laughs> oh figures God. are. Uh, it appears to be an old black and white photo of the worst person in the history of the world, Adolf Hitler. And he's wearing uh, what appear to be golden Trump shoes. And this is something that I'm assuming Cherry put together in her free time. Remember, this is a former Republican who is uh, showing. We're uh, all, uh, yeah, we're aware of the criteria to play the game. But that is an amazing picture. I mean, that's a hell of a take. <laughs> that her, is a, what, what? her caption says, rare picture of Hitler, 1932. <laughs> oh, of course. All right, Mr. Duncan. So hard to beat. Let's hear from Jen Rubin. Uh, well, Nick, I think I'm going to go with exhibit number 12 here. Uh, Jennifer Brainworms Rubin, who's now changed uh, her, her Twitter name to Jennifer, quote, a man is not a plan, Rubin. Oh, okay. I don't get um, it. Yeah, it's about the Fannie Willis uh, testimony thing. We'll get into it here at some point, okay. but uh, it's it's sort of meta. Okay. Um, let's go to that tweet. This is about uh, you know Trump and Russia and yada yada yada. We've we've heard this old song for six years now. Jennifer Brainworms Rubin writes. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. Voters must understand that Trump, colloquially speaking, is a traitor. <laughs> now, what I love about this, um, what I love about this tweet, is it's sort of incredible because of its banality. At this point, we have heard this for six years, and she's like. I don't have any original ideas. Let's go back to the well. She easily could have, like, Control-C, Control-P'd this from an article she wrote in 2017. Is there is there anything, like, the article that she was tweeting out, uh, is there any new context for this? Like, well, is there any reason why... Uh, like anything has happened recently while she says because the last thing I heard was that like Putin said he'd really prefer to work with Biden. Yeah, well, so I didn't read the article. As you know, I'm taking a hiatus uh, from Twitter uh, oh. for Lent. Yeah. Uh, so Nikki Spaghetti procured all of these tweets on my behalf. Got it. Um, but I would imagine it probably had to do with Trump demanding that countries in NATO pay for their defense at the GDP threshold that the United States always hits, which mm -hmm. I always think is 
an incredibly popular talking point that Donald Trump should repeat every single day. It's traitorous, Michael. But it's now traitorous to suggest that our allies, who are much closer to the war between Russia and Ukraine, should maybe pay for the defense and maybe chip in a little bit more as we pass the hat around. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate when you brought it in the context that, okay, you know, the whole idea is that Ruben is still talking about this. And I can appreciate that. But uh, Sherry Jacobus, you know, her detractors try to call her like a one-trick pony. She's innovating. She's gone to Photoshop. Like, <laughs> like she, 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 she's going crazier, but growing into that craziness. For that reason, round one goes to Sherry. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to go to the challenger to lead off round uh, two. You know, I don't like the decision, but Judge, I respect it. I think it was uh, well-reasoned. Please proceed, counsel. Nikki Spaghetti, we're going to go to exhibit number nine. Now, um, Bailiff, you had asked earlier, what does a man is not a plan mean in oh, Jennifer Rubin's new Twitter handle? We're getting and, into that. Um, Fanny Willis, in case anybody missed that, um, you know, they're having a hearing in this case, this Georgia election uh, case in which uh, Fanny Willis took the stand. Yes. To basically defend herself from accusations of impropriety with this relationship with the prosecutor and how money might have been exchanged during trips and things of that nature. <laughs> Absolutely humiliating hearing. I hum did watch most Humiliating. Of it. Yeah. Let's go to that tweet. With sass and style. Oh, my God. She demolished the accusation that Wade paid for her travel. Social media lit up with, quote, a man is not a plan, posts many from women who shared their cash-on-hand dating stories. My God. Like, trying to turn this into, like, a Me Too thing. Oh, my God. Where women who have thousands of dollars of cash and sleep with the prosecutor they put in charge of, like, <laughs> arguably the most important legal case in the state's history <laughs> is now just, like, an attack on women is such an incredible turn, a shamelessness only could be accomplished by a person like Jennifer Brainworms. And especially, like we said, that was a humiliating display of just absurd unprofessionalism. Yeah. Which, there's no way it could be defended. It became just widely mocked for the joke that she is and the lawsuit now essentially is. And to defend it, not just that, but as like a women's empowerment thing, it's just... Well, you know, and this happens a lot in politics, when you lose all of the facts and you lose all of the argument. Oh, totally. Your last argument is, well, this deeply resonates with certain people that you couldn't possibly understand. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yep. Then, they, then they explain to you... Like, no, women get this. Yeah, women women get it. And like, you know, you, you turn to women in your office or in your life and they're like, I don't care. I don't keep like, tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> in cash in somewhere in my home. That's hey, insane. woman in our office, do you often sleep with your subordinate <laughs> and appoint them to critical positions unbeknownst to the public or to anybody else? Is that something you regularly do as part of your life? You just got to make sure you got a little campaign cash on the dresser drawer. <laughs> then, then you'll be all set. Unbelievable. So you got your work cut out Good for you, take. Ashbrook. Uh, Nikki, we're going to go to exhibit number two, but before you call that up, I'll just explain that um, Cherry also had a man is not a plan tweet, but uh, this is a very prolific writer, and so we're going with something a little bit different from her repertoire. I appreciate that, counsel, and in the future you do not need to inform this court I mean, what it is that you're not using. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Nikki, if I appreciate that, because I felt like that was an unnecessary shot at, at counsel here. Okay, Nikki, let's end this conversation by displaying exhibit number two. 
As it turns out, leftover cannabis vape finally found it after more than a year, exclamation point. Cheap red wine, slightly burned chicken nuggets, and a sliced avocado make for a perfectly oh fine cold winter God. Saturday night after being out and about all day. Harper's Ferry, don't judge. Oh. <laughs> there really isn't any explanation required uh, for this one, Your Honor. But I think uh, the judge has to decide whether they like cheap thrills. Or or well argued positions that I provided. I mean, I feel bad, Duncan, but man, this is something else. <laughs> She's, she found Let the she record. found it's like a year old vape somewhere in the house, cheap red wine, slightly burned chicken nuggets. This let, is let let the record reflect that the judge has expressed remorse uh, at this particular point before he's rendered the decision. This I, I mean, this is like. Not college students wouldn't stoop to this. That's, They've become more self-respect. That's right, Your Honor. A man may not be the plan, and, and but like, leftover cannabis. She, and yes. she talked about the stray cats. Like, there's stray cats all over the house. But the One indignity. of them run off with a vape a year ago. Now she's found it under the couch. I just think you're underappreciating. Don't, under don't judge, Michael. You're, don't judge. You're underappreciating, like, the no, shamelessness no, of mean, what Jennifer Rubin has said. That's next level. That's next level. <laughs> round two. It's Sherry over. It. Yeah. That, that, it's that's a two-round knockout. Well, that I, was hard to compete with, Michael. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, right? I, I look a, a, as someone who's played Sherry Jacobus often. I can't complain because every <laughs> week she has something like that that really is an ace up your sleeve. I think you went on like a six-game run with yeah. her. Yeah. So look, I can't. I can't complain. I mean, the, I, I disagree with the court's decision, but I respect it. She's a cheat. And you, it's not that you had a bad tweet at all. It no. was. It was an excellent tweet. But like. I, Sherry, again, a lot of people think Sherry's like a one-trick pony if she's just going to say something crazy. And and she's shown well time and time again I may, she, I may, she can innovate. I may variety. not have had a strong case, but I think I did the best with what I had. I think you did, and I also appreciate his honor's uh, explanation yeah. as to his finding, which could be controversial in some cases, but it seems pretty straightforward from yeah. this bailiff's position. So. <laughs> Thank you, bailiff. <laughs> <A> two rounds. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bailiff. Thank you. Thank you, bailiff, with an unsolicited amicus brief. <laughs> I'll add it. I'll add it into the record. All right. Well, I didn't. I didn't know the bailiff got his law degree, but okay. well, it, you know, listen, there can never be too much legalizing here and lawyering. So that's what we've done. And the uh, bailiff will be the judge next week, I believe, and he'll do a great job at that. <laughs> Already, yeah. already working. Seven it. days out, he's already buttering it up. Yeah. I'll take it. This judge can be bought. Uh, all right, so we're gonna move on, uh, and this is a con look. It's a conversation that's happening in Republican circles all over the place. There was a, a kind of a two-week period of time you noticed where all of the hype around a Republican primary just vanished after New Hampshire, where it was a pretty decisive win by the former president. Nikki Haley had a consolidated opposition. You know, I think a pretty good performance in terms of New Hampshire from where she was at, but it clearly wasn't going to get the job done. And then you saw poll after poll out of South Carolina suggesting a 20 plus point mm -hmm. lead for Trump. And so, like, the primary just evaporated from the news. But now, as we're getting up to, is it Saturday that South Carolina's That's right. primary? Saturday. As we're getting closer and closer, activities ramp back up. And the biggest discussion within Republican circles is like, what's going on here? Like, what's Nikki Haley doing? Does she really think she can win this thing? You know, why is she still in the race? Uh, obviously, if you're a Trump supporter, you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are anything but a Trump supporter, there's a variety of different arguments for why it is that she's doing what she's doing. Fellas uh, and Smug, 
let's just start with you. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I mean, I think in your prefacing this conversation, you did a good job of setting up the whole question. Like, you know, the idea when when I'd say uh, Nikki Haley's campaign was at its greatest strength when it really was continuing to build momentum. Uh, like after the debate in Miami, um, she starts, you know, her numbers start surpassing DeSantis. She outlasts DeSantis. Mm -hmm. And I think especially after Chris Christie dropped uh, and he had had a following in New Hampshire, I think the theory of the case for Nikki Haley was, well, okay, if uh, she can scoop up all of Chris Christie's support, then that's more of the share than President Trump's got. Mm -hmm. So she can win New Hampshire. And that would be like, you know, a huge turning point then going into South Carolina with that momentum. That didn't end up materializing. Mm -hmm. that, that didn't happen. Um, so I think it's, it's more difficult by the day to continue um, a case for an ongoing primary. Because I think you, you look at national polling uh, among uh, Republican voters – you can go state by state in the primaries and the primaries and caucuses that have already gone by. President Trump, is, you know, it's pretty clear is the choice of Republican primary voters mm -hmm. at this point. So, you know, to even go into your home state, if you're down like 20 plus uh, to make the argument for this should continue. I think that gets super difficult. Hmm. Doug, I think there's two <clears throat> there's two separate arguments. There's an actual argument of likelihood of outcome, mm -hmm. right? Um, which I think, you know, we made the case, we made the case, you know, before Iowa even to say, like, yeah, she's polling well in New Hampshire, but by and large, the electorate past that doesn't look like New Hampshire. It looks more like Iowa, mm -hmm. right? And she yeah. was in third in Iowa and um, never really broke out in those areas in the suburbs that she would need to clean up in in order to offset right. Trump's advantage in the rurals. In places like South Carolina and, and whatnot, you look you look ahead to places like Super Tuesday, where you have a ton of states voting, and these aren't winner take all primaries, but they are winner take all at thresholds. Mm -hmm. um, I look at places like Texas or California, extremely delegate rich yeah. uh, states. Obviously, they're very large states, large population. I mean, those states have a threshold where they become winner take all once one candidate passes 50% plus mm -hmm. one, right? right, And so if you look at the math there, Super Tuesday becomes like where Trump cleans up this entire situation. Yeah, I mean, it, just from a math standpoint right. on the delegate side, right. it becomes a no-doubter. Yeah, so, so, so that's, that's the one track of this. The other track is, I mean, if you're Nikki Haley, you hang around to be right. Hmm. You hang around to be right. You're making the argument that he won't win and you'll win. And the longer you're in this making that argument and making it alone, remember, I mean, there were a lot of candidates yep. out there making various various versions, softer versions of this yep. argument. But the longer she's in being the only one making that argument, if you're her, you're positioning yourself in the future to be the one that said, I told you so. Mm -hmm. If that's mm -hmm. what she really believes, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the primary for all intents and purposes might be over. But, you know, but she's leading movement, so to speak. Well, she's saying, you know, I might not be right now, but I'll be right in the end. Yeah. And maybe that ultimately benefits her. I don't know. I'm just trying to offer a hypothesis yeah, for the reason why. Smash. 
You know, I actually don't have a whole lot to to add to what these guys are saying. A lot of really smart points. I think that there was no question that she was always going to stay in through South Carolina, which is her home state, and she has a really talented team led by Betsy Ankney that has money. So if she's if she's motivated by the, something even close to what Duncan is suggesting, of course she's going to stay in, and of course she's going to fight it until the end. And I just think I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. I actually don't think that it makes Trump look that bad to win over a primary foe over and over and over again. I've talked about this before, but it's a nice contrast to what's going on in the courts and this news that's coming out in the courts. It's not the greatest story every day for President Trump. Mm -hmm. If he's winning in these primaries over and over and over again, it shows that he's dominating Republicans. And it's, it's a political story, not a legal one. <clears throat> exactly. It doesn't hurt him. In other it, words. It, it doesn't. And so I, I think especially with the outcome, not in doubt. Exactly. So I, I think that um, I, I think that there's you know you guys made a lot of really good points, but I understand why she's staying in. No, it's interesting, I, and I think that's look. It's it does fall into a category of be careful what you ask for. You'd like the primary to be over as you're a political operative. That's always what you want, but that news cycle does turn pretty quickly when you stop getting positive news about what's happening in Republican yeah, you, politics, and you just start talking about overall. Well, right, it, you trade Nikki Haley for Nancy Grace. It is, it's yeah. a completely, it's, it's, it's not perfect. And that's coming, and that's coming very soon. And it's something, again, that we mentioned early on in this process. Yeah, we talked about that this would a lot. happen, and yeah. that if Republicans went this route and re-nominated former President Donald Trump, this would be the rest of the election, and it's coming, folks. The turn is already happening, it, by the way. Right. It's just not happening to the volume that it will once you clear this primary process. Well, I because mean, now they have that. Uh, there is a scheduled trial date, March 25th, I believe, for the yeah. hush money case or whatever in New York. And yeah. he's, I mean, he's charged with like 40 felonies for right. falsifying business records or whatever. I mean, it's by far the weakest case of the entire thing. But like, they don't have to put him in jail to make this a very difficult general election. Yeah, All they need is a conviction on a felony charge to put in every ad against Donald Trump. Convicted felon Donald Trump. Right. And if you think that doesn't impact the electorate, it does. And so if you're Nikki Haley and you're hanging around during that period of time and you're like, look at me. Yeah. Would you like maybe another direction? It, it also makes sense. Like, hang around as long as you well, can. Well, that's the point that I was going to make. And, and it's a little bit different. Um, than what you guys were saying, which is I don't think we've ever been in a more dynamic political atmosphere than the one we're in. I mean, you got a Democratic nominee that uh, it's a coin flip about whether this guy gets to the election. Yeah. I mean, in, especially over like the past month, it's become probably that or illegal immigration is the number one issue of this election now. Right. It's and, unreal. And then on the Republican side, you've got a, for, a ubiquitously known, everyone knows and everybody has an opinion about Donald Trump. But he's also facing 91 separate counts, and he's also 78 years old, right? And so we just haven't done that. I'm not suggesting for a second that he's in a vulnerable state like Joe Biden is. But we as an American electorate have not entered into an election cycle where there's like open questions about the availability of the nominees before you get into election day voting. And so if you're Nikki Haley, and I haven't talked to – anyone in Haley camp about this at all. So this is just my own sort of ruminations on it. If I'm Nikki Haley, and there's a chance you can pull a few delegates out of some of these places, Super Tuesday, for example, um, and something bizarre happens, the party's going to have to go through you at some level mm -hmm. in order to nominate a, a, a presidential candidate. Like you can't just simply erase delegates that have been awarded. Mm -hmm. 
you would actually have to go through Nikki Haley in order to get to that process because she's the only one that has delegates, mm. right? Yeah, and it's probably gotten a little bit too chippy at this point for him to take her as the VP, but, I mean, she would she would make a, a, a VP choice that the mainstream media couldn't ignore. Yeah, oh, no question about that. And I will talk more about the VP stuff as we go along, but I think all, what you heard here are all the possible rationale for why this is continuing the way it is. I will say, I mean, you get to a point, like if you think back on 2016 and like the continued Kasich primary where everybody was like, why the hell? You have like 5% in all of these states. Like, why are you running? And like Weaver Manchanti was running the joint, so we know why it was that they were running. Mm -hmm. Had nothing to do with trying to win or alter outcomes or anything else. But that basically then walled off a Ted Cruz mm -hmm from having any available votes that would challenge Donald Trump in these sort of more vote-rich mm -hmm. places that happen later on in the primary. And so, like, there was a real reason for people to just sort of call people out for staying in this race. I don't think that anybody thinks at this stage, currently with our politics the way to, that there's any doubt about the outcome of any of these, right? So, so, like, that argument is pretty much gone. The only one that has resonance to me that the Trump campaign is making is like, do we really need someone on the right taking shots at a Republican nominee throughout well, that's, the spring and, and doing further point. damage to someone that we're all trying to run with mm -hmm. come fall? And that one, I think, is going to get hotter and hotter. Yeah, That part of it, as these arguments ratchet up, people will begin to take more offense at that. The risk for Nikki Haley is not just that you're seen as somebody who's damaging a Republican nominee, but she has always had an incredibly favorable image. Mm -hmm. In Republican area, Democrat, independent, across the board, her image has been more favorable than any other candidate, Republican or Democrat, in this race. That will start to come down the longer that those arguments can be made and the louder that they get. So that's another thing that they're going to need to think about. What, she's a young woman, right, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. She's going to have a career, maybe not in politics, maybe in politics, but she's going to have to think about what that ultimately does just by hanging around mm -hmm. and people taking shots at her. So anyway, I think that's like the, that's like the whole thing, trying mm -hmm. to give you a little perspective on what's happening there. Uh, we got some other stuff here. Do you see this New York Times thing? And this is like it falls into a whole bunch of stuff that we like to talk about here on the program. The New York Times employs AI... Uh, and the, the story is in Axios, the code learned to journo. Is that really their headline? Yeah. Is it that Smug's line? That no, is, I, th I think... It, it wasn't really what they went with, but... Oh, that's it's not what, their... That's what I thought it should be called. Oh, oh, yeah, this it. is okay. this is Smug's... Okay. Th but this is, like, the story, essentially. I mean, he's right. That's it. This is basically it, which is what you've been saying from the very beginning, and now it's creeped in. Thank God. Albeit at the beginning part, it's not like the writing stories yet... But you can see where it goes from here. So according to Axios, the New York Times is recruiting partners to test new ad targeting solutions using generative artificial intelligence beginning next quarter, executives told Axios. It plans to make the new tool widely available to marketers in the second half of the year. The Times started working on these efforts long before it filled the landmark lawsuit uh, against open or filed it against OpenAI and Microsoft for copyright infringement. So it, it's, what it goes on to say, it's not just the targeting, which, Duncan, I'm, I'm more than happy to hear what your views are on their AI targeting. Mm -hmm. uh, they're writing the ads. So 
every newspaper since the beginning of time has employed writers to write ad copy. And that's not happening any longer. That's now being done by AI, which I think it's being done by Democratic politicians, too, because if you listen to the way they speak, no human could ever speak that way, but that's the way they do it. Anyway, the New York Times has now opened the door, and AI is starting to do some writer's jobs. And, you know, this is really interesting, the way that they're using it is like, you know, we've all heard about ChatGPT, how like it can write essays and stuff like that. But essentially what they want to do is, and we've known this for, everyone knows how Google targets the ads. If, if you're searching for football, you know, chances are you're going to be served ads about getting, you know, football tickets or buying a, a jersey for your favorite team. Um, so what they can do is use the AI to essentially write ads on the fly for you based on your interests. Like, you know, if it knows you enjoy football, it'll say, hey, subscribe to the Times. Our sports coverage is the best, mm -hmm. you know. So that's interesting. And if it replaces someone at the New York Times, then that's, you know, two good things going for it. <laughs> so. But here's where the, the turn comes. And we've made a lot of fun of what I would consider low intellectual individuals. Uh, discussing anything as it pertains to the internet as AI. Yeah. Right? And I think this is sort of the case here, right, Michael? Yeah, I think AI has just become a new marketing term for... It is, right? Yeah, it's just a new marketing term. I mean, yeah, I guess I could, I could see some use cases for generating copy for ads on the fly, but the things discussed in this Axios piece have, in, have existed in digital advertising for a very, very long time. <laughs> in, in fact... At one point here, they say, for example, a car company looking to position itself as a family-friendly family uh, might use the tool to align some of its messages with articles about technology. Oh, is it like ad testing? That, that, that is, that is, all that is is contextual targeting. You can go into an ad platform and type in uh, technology how or long, whatever. How long uh, have you been doing things like 15 this? 15 years. <laughs> been doing this for 15 years. For 15 years. And then it says, or So others. it's almost as if the internet uh, provides you tools uh, to target, yeah. uh, and then these platforms allow you to test messages that yeah. may resonate to target audiences? Right. And not just, like, audiences, yeah, and you can target contextually, you can target first-party data, you can target categories and type of content people are consuming and their browser history and all of these sorts of things. All that exists. We just never called it AI. We just <laughs> called it advertising. But, this yeah. is just digital advertising. And and one more thing. This is what I, it really grinds my gears about this whole yes, fucking I thing. Yes, I think I know what you're going to Let's go, let's go. Let's fill the old man's cup. Okay, so the thing that really pisses... <laughs> because he's about to fill ours. The thing that really pisses me off about the time selling this stuff is, I don't know if you guys remember but in 2017 when donald trump was apparently doing the collusion there was yeah. this thing called and cambridge analytica oh, God. cambridge analytica was selling this um ad targeting they called psychographics in places like the new york times talked about that as the dark arts that were ruining politics and poisoning our democracy new york times also had this tool that they were selling to advertisers at the time at the time called project feels which was essentially psychographics where they, where they were selling from their DMP, their database, to potential advertisers to be like, our users can be triggered on their emotions to buy your product based on all of these inputs we have in our database. And now they are, years fucking later, trumpeting this wonderful success, this proprietary technology to manipulate people into buying shit. And seven years ago, this was the end of democracy, according to these same fucking people. That's what grinds my fucking gears. Dude, I love it. I just toss the quarter in the old man's back, wind him, and watch him go. It's just liars. They're Good just fun. liars. They're just liars. Well, liars. I, I mean, it, so 
but I think it, it, it goes to a large – we'll get back to the AI piece in a minute. But it goes back to this larger discussion that we had the other day about the Biden campaign rolling a, out AI. Yeah. Which, again, described tools that were available for a long time. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is these are things that marketers and particularly digital fundraising marketers have used for a very – like six, seven, eight years – the same kind of tools. The only difference is, is that after he was doing the collusions, uh, mm-hmm. the Democrats tried to break the internet. Yeah, and they took away all of the tools that you would use most transparently to try to target people. So is that why they they resort to ad copy like, "Dear Steve, Carl Rove is going to break my legs unless you give me three dollars." <laughs> Stat. <laughs> uh... But it really is. It's incredible to me that we've gotten to be. A society that is is, I mean, it really is idiocracy. It's just shiny objects. Stuff. Anything that yeah. is, it, it's part- a new thing. It's like, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, everything was about crypto or are you on the blockchain? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, are you using AI? Same thing. No, like, look, I don't want to totally shit on AI. I think there's a lot of interesting things. But it's not things. this. Exactly. It's I'm just talking about this. people just using it as a buzzword, it's hoping because, it'll get your attention. It's, it's because everything on the internet is driven by search engine optimization. Yep. And, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like the whole Taylor Swift thing, Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. Yeah. That, that sort it snowballs in the same way that now conversations around things like AI are. Everything becomes AI. Everything in the NFL becomes Taylor Swift. It's like... Somebody saw in the algorithm the reach you got from mentioning those things, and now that's the entire conversation. Yeah, it, it also— And it makes us all dumber. It does make us all dumber. But it's also not some conspiracy theory. It's clickbait. That's what it is. Yeah. If you're a news publication or you're selling anything online, you watch performance metrics. And if, you have, if your performance metrics goes up by using words like, I don't know, Trump, yep. then you start using the word— Trump. That, if, if the NFL started seeing performance metrics go up by talking about Taylor Swift, guess what? Yeah. All of a sudden, the Travis Kelsey can't make a three-yard catch without getting a pan to the box. Right. Right? But Which is what's happening now, now every ad agency is going to get an email from you know, the chief marketing officer of every company they represent. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be like, are we using AI? Did yeah. you see what the, what the you, Times is doing with the AI? I read it in the Times. It was above the fold. The Times has AI. Do we have AI? It's just... What about... Are we properly using the AI? <laughs> who's on the? Who's my AI? And then they'll hire somebody. Yeah, AI guru. They're gonna go through the chief diversity officer to figure out who the who the person yeah. is that does the AI. Yeah, that they can have go sit there and be like, "Yep, I I googled it and that was AI." Yeah, we did it. It gave me results. Mm-hmm. It was the AI at its finest. Oh, man. Well, anyway, but your larger take on this is that, like, this is going to just happen with journo stuff? I think so. I mean, there's a lot of talk that, of course, you know, a lot of journalists who, I mean, survived this round of layoffs um, are headed to a rough road ahead because, hey, now AI can essentially just, you you feed it the facts, it'll write it in a story form, like an article. Um, Also, there's... uh, uh, the articles I've been seeing say lawyers are also in danger of it because, like... Oh, because it does the law. Yeah. You can write a contract up, tell it what you need. Tough. So, so America's favorite people, lawyers and journalists. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. Yeah. We got a, just a shitload of lawyers yeah. elicited this. I mean, that's like a push poll. Be like, how do you feel about AI if you knew it was taking jobs from journalists and lawyers? 
Sounds great. What it does incentivize, though, is the one thing the AI is not terribly great at, which is thinking outside the box. Yeah. And trying to be creative and using a little bit more of the old right brain. Well, I mean, because that's ultimately the problem with AI is it it doesn't it's just derivative. It is derivative of product that already exists, whether it's an image on Getty Images or a contract that's already written. It can't create something. It can only replicate things that have currently existed in human consciousness. And that therein lies the problem with AI is there is no innovation in this. It's all derivative. Well, so there was um, a little bit of controversy about OpenAI had a, like a very top secret project that they were keeping under wraps because a lot of the folks who were working on it said that they were kind of like worried. stunned and shaken by what had happened is they developed an AI and now it's able to compute and, and do math on its own. It's not like a calculator where... You don't Essentially, have to press anything in. in. No, but it's like it can independently learn how to do math and execute equations. No, kill I mean, it. Kill it. So yeah, that, that's exactly uh, what if, I'm if saying. Like kill what it. I'm saying. Find the biggest bucket of water you can and <laughs> yeah. put it on the circuit board. I saw. He's <laughs> just like, let's not mess with this. Smug, you, you've probably seen this movie. I think it's an A24 movie. Uh, Ex Machina. Yes. You ever yes, seen that yes, shit? Yes. Yeah, kill it with fire. <laughs> what are you dorks talking about? It's, it's a great did movie. Did you see this movie? Great movie. Jesus. Yep. I don't. You don't. You don't need to watch a movie to know that AI that's about to take over the world is a bad thing. Well, it's a good example. That's all I'm saying. I support it. Ex yeah. Machina. Good movie. Yeah, check that out in Star Trek at your next. Okay. Uh, it's a good movie. Streaming opportunity. All right, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we'll get into something that fits our. Uh, demo a little bit better here this is a clip that we have available that we'll react to wolf if you wouldn't mind playing clip one so there's a gentleman who's at a brewery oh and that didn't go well that didn't go well uh he's struggling to try to stop what appears to be an incredibly significant leak out of one of the uh what do you call those things the, the beer tank so yeah. so for the folks who are on youtube number one get on youtube but what the video is showing is so the guy's in the brewery i guess he hit some button or switch or something and then it just like explodes and just like fires the beer at him and launches him across the room and so the brewery has taken this opportunity to name that batch the blowback the blowback. IPA. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, oh, great. So, according to the New York Post, a Minnesota brewer. Oh, he's uh, from the great state of Minnesota. Boom. Oh, what an well, asshole. for the for the for the beer. Yeah. Continue. What an continue. Asshole. For the beer. Continue. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll continue booing after you. you, you should me. I just do it in a Minnesota accent? Just yeah. Do it. Do it. No, do it's it. not from Minnesota at all. It, it has to do with a Minnesota brewer was sent flying across the room after her tank valve exploded and shot a stream of beer directly into his chest, according to footage of the mishap. Nice. Yeah, an employee of the Back Channel Brewing Company, identified uh, by the company as Brandon, Hmm. was checking a valve uh, on January 23rd when uh, beer suddenly shot out of a hole, uh, knocking him on his backside. (laughs) What, is this place up in Brainerd? <laughs> no, I don't think it's... I think look, Minnesota has awesome beer. Like, they do beer really, really well. 
Wisconsin gets all the credit for it because you're just a bunch of drunks. But <laughs> which but, is not untrue. Yeah, no, I mean it, accurate. Really, the do. whole Midwest. <laughs> well, no, but like fairness. Like Madison especially is like no, that's a town dedicated to alcohol poisoning. No kidding. <laughs> it's a hobby. No kidding. But apparently, yeah, apparently this guy, uh, he he was uh, working on a 6.5% New England IPA. 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 So that's where I wanted to take this, is I think anyone who orders an IPA should have this happen to them, where they get hit with like a fire hose of it, because they are- He only says that because we order IPAs. No, 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 because here's, here's the reason, is because the first step- of becoming an IPA drinker is before you have your first step, you tell everyone, oh, this is going to be so hoppy. I love hoppy beer. It's so hoppy. How's your IPA? Is it hoppy? Is it a double IPA hoppy? Because I like hoppy beer. It's like, bro, shut up. Drink it. <laughs> shut up and drink it, dude. Right. We're here to have a good time, Look, not to hear can how I hoppy just tell, your can beer Can I tell you is, the alternative reason why the IPA is, is purchased? Our friend John Ashbrook has mastered this. You mm. look at the beer list and say, what's the... Uh, ABV? What's the highest ABV you've got on this uh, particular? Well, and they'll tell him, and then he'll say, well, that's the one I want. And then he only has to have one. I mean, you can get... you can get uh, As a responsible. Yeah. You, you can get a bunch of beers that are far higher uh, ABV if you're going for that, or just drink the bourbon. Mm. Honestly, like, to me, even beer is, is like a waste of time. Like, we all know what you're trying to get out of this, right? It's not to discuss a hoppy beer or relax. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get right. So, so I'll be honest with ourselves, step one, right? And then to enjoy that experience of getting right, get a bourbon. The first step of successful alcoholism is to admit what you're doing. Yeah, admit, admit what you're here for. We all know what you're doing here. I, I, I have to say, I have to applaud this brewer because... Turning that video into a sales promotion. Yeah, it's well that was done. calling it blowback. It's well done. It's well done. Yeah, that is, is well that done. is ingenuity right there. AI could not come up with that idea. Well, we're so. gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get in contact with the back channel brewing company mm. in the great state of Minnesota. I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure they don't share our politics, but we can hope. I'm sure they don't either. But I'd be like, it'd be nice if they did. Mm. It would be great. Be nice if they did. Okay. All right. So listen, this is gonna stay in the Midwest for this, although it, I. We have a horrifying map that uh, shows that it's not confined to the Midwest. But I remember versions of this growing up as I was telling Spaghetti and Wolf on the way in here. Uh, it turns out, according to the Daily Mail, scientists fear nearly 100% fatal, quote, zombie deer disease, unquote, could be evolving to infect humans. Oh. Can we get graphic one up? So wow. These are the states uh, with confirmed cases of the zombie deer disease. Wow. That map, so again, for the folks on YouTube, everywhere in America <laughs> apparently has cases of zombie deer disease, except for like the West Coast, South Carolina. Wrong, Georgia. Wrong, wrong smug, wrong smug. I can't wait I for see, this. I can't wait South for Carolina, this. Georgia, see, the West Coast. Hold on. I see Idaho. A, I see a shining city on the hill. <laughs> I see a place. That is rid itself of the zombie deer disease. Oh, the state of Indiana. The best hunters in America, the good people of Indiana. So I, my guess is that it's such a diseased place, they can't even care. Like, zombie deer, they're like, added to the list, buddy. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Kemp's keeping it clean in Georgia, yeah. too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, so look, look, before we go like, hyperbolic and you freak out about it, this, is, this has been something that has happened since I was born. No, dude, this is 100% something to freak out about. No. This we, is, we, everyone should freak out about this. This is literally a debate that we had every year in Minnesota about 
a chronic wasting disease. Mm. This is, is zombie deer disease, dude. Uh, and Everyone, it's, it's a contagious neurological go get, condition. Go get a shotgun and... and Deer season has to be 365 now. Well, I'm that, yeah, right, that right. doesn't help. You're I'm, right. I'm, deer I'm, overpopulation is a problem. Yeah, shoot and, them all. And, and people shoot are just all. way too... Well, this is, the, this is it. I mean, they, they are not like... Everybody looks at them and they think, oh, Bambi, oh, this is such a wonderful beast. Why could we... How could you shoot it? They're real and bastards. Like, they jump right. in front of cars and kill people. Can we talk about this for a minute? Like, look, Deer overpopulation other, is other than deer being like... You know, Bambi did a lot to resurrect the old image of the, of the deer... But other than just being like a generally un- unobjectionable-looking animal, they're full of problems. They are. Pr- they're they're horrible. They're full of diseases. Zombie they're disease. the home of all, like, all the ticks, ticks that kill you. Uh, like this zombie deer. Now scientists are saying it could spread to humans. They jump in front of cars. They kill people. You know, they they. If you've got a garden in your backyard, that's what they'll I was ruin just, it, dude. If if another deer shows up and eats another one of my wife's plants in the garden in the <laughs> our backyard, she is going to be outside. Can with you an AK can you gun it down in in Virginia? You, not in our neighborhood. Governor Yunkin, this gotta, needs to be the next thing you work on. I would how love is it not legal? Fire in his neighborhood, like he put like seven shots how, through how, the kitchen of the next door neighbor. Just get a pellet gun. It's a wild animal. She's got a full game plan that is perfectly legal. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, you know, providing is meat for a, the family. Hold on, hold on. Run electrical wire around the around. Is it, it. it a salt lick in a pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't surrender it's to the animal. Like, over a pool just walks in. No, I can't no, swim because the hooves aren't very good at pushing water away from Holmes, its legs. Holmes, Holmes brings up a really Holmes brings up a really good point. John Ashbrook over here has been talking a big game for a long time on the war against the animal yeah. kingdom. Yeah. Dude, and now it's come now it's come to his own backyard, and I want to know. Yeah. Do you have the balls to do the right thing? You're limited by the letter of the law. I, I, I Bro, wow. there's not, houses not, in Virginia blowing up. Wow. No one's gonna care. They hear wow. a shotgun go off. You just come outside and be like, oh, did someone's house blow up? I don't know where that came from. I remember when Duncan was crawling around on his roof with a raccoon cage. I caught three raccoons. <laughs> now suddenly John Ashbrook's animal cuck over here. <laughs> Andy, oh, killed, Andy killed and ate those uh, raccoons, right? If I remember correctly. No, no, those things are riddled with disease. He wears them as hats. He set them free. <laughs> I did not set them free. He took them to a park and he, set, he named you, them you and killed he set them, though, them right? free. You killed no, them? He, don't try to save yourself. <laughs> if I remember, I thought you had killed the damn raccoons, right? No, he didn't. No, he no, set I had, them free. No, I had to give them to animal control. No, dude. Yeah. And the animal control set them free after Michael named them and gave See, each one of them a tag. Once, once they're in the cages, when you throw them in the pool. Then I mean, good luck. You can try swimming. Well, you got just, the salt. You got to get just, the salt. Just put a weight there. on the damn cage. Just, See at the bottom, amigo. You can just cover up the pool after you get the salt. Drown the fucker. There. So when animal control shows up, you're like, uh, he's a little wet, but he was a real bastard. I got him in the cage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, sir, why do you have salt licks? Yeah, in your, three in wet your... raccoons in cages. <laughs> no idea what happened here, officer. <laughs> so it's called the zombie deer disease because it causes parts of the brain to slowly degenerate to a spongy consistency, and animals will drool and stare blankly before they die. Hmm. Again, this has been going on. They're going to vote for Biden, much. dude. These are getting added to the voter rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Join the other zombies voting for Biden. This could be, this could be a national security issue, yeah. now that I come to think of it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just, Take a look at that. All right. So uh, as we reorder things here a little mm-hmm. on the pod, uh, what we are going to do is give you a little five-star action. It's been a couple weeks it since we've been. done this. But we enjoy them. And, you know, 
it's also it's a good way to thank our listeners because totally. we have the best in the world. We really and do. So, like, especially when you when we do shows on the road, and they're like, "Hey, you read my five star." Yeah. Three weeks ago, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, that. I love to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's we enjoy hearing them. Um, so from the five star uh, reviews, we always start these by going to the voice. Okay, this first one comes from Lar Doggett, and it's titled "Tips Hat." Lar Doggett writes. Nice work, guys. The interviewer politician pivot game made me spit out my drink. Keep it up. <laughs> That's a great game. It's it a is. great game. I want to continue to play that game. We got well. If we gotta, we gotta think of some stuff to get. Yeah, hard get pivot that. is excellent. Yeah, hard we, pivot we, needs to. We gotta figure out that podcast pronouns and land land acknowledgements. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, he came up with that on the spot. It's gonna be your your sidebar. My side yeah. side gig. Yeah. All right. I just hate these people so much. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. Uh, uh, all right, Dunks, what else we got? Uh, this is, uh, the title is Queen of Side Eyes. Uh, the, it says it's uh, from fe- fellow bass clef woodwind enthusiast. Oh, yeah, we did a thing about that. Oh, yeah, this is uh, Smug with the saxophone? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about woodwinds. Mm. Gentlemen. <laughs> I started listening to the program in 2021 after a friend and Hill staffer made the recommendation. Well, thank you. I haven't missed an episode since from cementing my parental decision to teach my boys how to shoot squirrels, destroying my yard. There you go. To giving me the courage to voice my opinion at a local commission meeting. Yes. Parenthetical, my neighborhood is a red dot in a very blue county. Mm. <clears throat> I have continued to learn so much about the inner workings, both good and bad, in the U.S. political system. It also continues to be refreshing to hear from all sides of the Republican Party. On a side note, I, like I like Smug, played an obnoxiously large <laughs> instrument in the middle school band, the bass clarinet. That is a huge instrument. Yeah. Is it? Yes. I'm pretty sure I can still play a soulful and very baritone rendition of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work holding the line and owning the libs. That's pretty good. I love that. How do you get into the the big woodwind? Are you just like a... They're like, hey, we don't have anything left. Like, you got to play this sucker. Sometimes. So, so uh, when I was growing up, I really wanted to play violin. And they were like, nope, we're out of violins. You get the cello. Really? Yeah, seriously. Really? So wow. it is like that. Sometimes. Sometimes. So for us, it was like a, a, a competition. They wanted to have one of the best people who were, I, okay. I mean, I thought. Okay. No, no. So I thought okay. it'd be a good thing. Hey, it ended up being a very bad thing. <laughs> so, but again, it's the burden of being the best. What I really you know? like, what I, sh- I, sh- I showed up and they were like, you're the best. That's what happened. You got to be on the most difficult instrument, Smug. And that's what happens, you know. <laughs> like I showed up and I was Clarence from the E Street Band and they uh, decided to plug me in. We need you guys to play these on, on the show. I we need a cello. We need a saxophone. I just remember them the asking me. They're like, "What do you need?" You know, because you had to take band. And they're like, "What do you want?" And I was like, I don't, "Do you have drums?" And they're like, "Yeah, we have drums. I'll play those." No, oh, nice. So that, I mean, that was the only hetero answer I could think of. You still at play? The time. You Hell got, no. You got no, I, I, I can't. I, are you kidding me? If you buy my kid a drum set, I will come and. No, I said, your do you have a kit? But I'll get your kid a kit too. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. 
Your kid would love it. Are you, you kidding me? You get you you, watch NASCAR races and go in on the snare. You 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 get. <laughs> Can you imagine? God, that'd be the best. You get him a drum set, and I'm gonna get him uh, soccer gear. Oh, and, and make Holmes's life life miserable. You have children too, Phil. You, you've got children too, and but I, I can reply. I've got a lot of ideas. Well, my son already has a soccer ball. Yeah. Well, does he have a pink skirt? Oh. <laughs> like, I, I will confuse your child. Oh, that's just uh, <laughs> Jake could take it to DEFCON 1, why don't you? <laughs> All right. So this one comes from New York Republican. The title is Political Horse Racing. It says, I was sent your podcast by my aunt, who is well familiar with politics in the lovely state of New York, and she gifted me a ruthless hat I wear with pride. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I tune in every Tuesday and Thursday to get my dose of politics, humor, and, of course, animal news. It makes me happy to know that others also value common sense ideas and realistic solutions. I live in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we just voted in our first Republican mayor in quite a while. That's terrific. Yeah, All politics really is local. That's great. I hope we have other listeners of the program in this small city that is home to the liberal institution that is Skidmore College. It is also home to the one and only Saratoga Race Course. Let's go. Track. It's yes. a good track. Yes. It's a fun place. Yep. You know that it, that's how we derived here at yeah. the variety program. It's a ton of fun. Uh, Saratoga Race Course, uh, the greatest track for horse racing in this country, and I will debate anyone on this. What are the odds we could get a ruthless live stream from the track this summer? Oh, uh, that's ooh. such a great Honestly, idea. Honestly, it's not unlikely. <laughs> Is horse <that> racing? <laughs> Yes, you get the right show for that. Yeah, and if the track isn't the right best, right along place, lovely Lake George, or, you know. Uh, well, and I, I think Ashbrook could probably take care if there's any mishaps. And, and plus the do that. enhanced yeah. games, like we'll have a whole like sports tour. Oh, enhanced enhanced horse yeah. games. <laughs> that that's what's needed. Yeah. And if the track isn't the best place for a live stream, there's an Irish bar to have a pint or ten while also watching West Coast and international racing. Keep oh. up the great work informing us on the political horse race. I mean, Thank that, you so much. This that's, is that's incredible. fantastic. We got the best listeners. New York Republican really gets us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really, a tough situation, so keep really up the good fight. Get us I, 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 I've got one more quick shout out, and that is to Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Yes. For this wonderful hat that I'm wearing this episode. I was wearing the vest earlier yeah. today. Uh, yeah. He sent us a bunch of gear from Mullen Ranch, and it is top quality stuff i mean that is a good looking lid it's yeah, a good it lid it is so thank you senator and the office for sending us this stuff fantastic i love it welcome back anytime obviously fellas uh it's been a long week thank you for covering for me on tuesday of course um i think we've done it i think so absolute banger of an episode gentlemen as i've alluded this is now the third time I'm asking you, subscribe on YouTube. It's so much easier to see it all on your screen. I don't know why you would only listen. Do both. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the lids. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.